is today? Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. is gonna be great! <laughs> hey everybody, Pastor Adam here. It's Wednesday, so you know what time it is. Um, today I want to talk about something I heard on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. Now, before we get into that, I want to make a disclaimer. Disclaimer. I really enjoy the Joe Rogan podcast. I listen pretty regularly, depending on whoever he has on there, like whatever guest he has on. I respect him. I was a fan of Joe before the podcast. Uh, I watched him on news radio and Fear Factor and, of course, the UFC as he's a commentator. By the way, it's a big UFC uh, event coming up Saturday the 22nd that I've been really looking forward to. But here's always the problem with the UFC events and me personally. About 90% of the time, the main card, which everybody goes to see, starts at 10 p.m. on a Saturday night. And then that means I finish watching the event and I get home by 1.32 a.m. And that is super late, especially with me leading worship the very next morning. I get tired. I get real tired. Plus, I'm getting older. And the older you get, apparently earlier bedtime gets but here's the crazy thing about UFC and like it's always the 10 p.m. Eastern main main card time why why is that I here's what's the thing when it comes to other sports mainstream sports football basketball baseball you always want the primetime game primetime is not 10 p.m. primetime is like 8 o'clock that would be perfect like even if I stay up till like 11, still good. So I don't understand why it's always that. But this one that I've been looking forward to, UFC 280, happens to be at 2 p.m. on Saturday afternoon because it's in like Dubai or something like that. So lucky me, I get to watch UFC 280 real early in the afternoon, finish that. I'm going to head over to uh, this other place where I'm going to be singing at a benefit uh, and do a few songs, then I get to head home, get a nice full sleep in before leading church the next morning. It's going to be fantastic. Some would say beautiful. The only bad part, the drawback of this, uh, of the UFC being at 2 p.m., is uh, my UFC watching buddy, Old Man Rankin, he's going to miss it because he has to work that day. It's a bummer. But... It's what, it's what we got to deal with. Anyway, back to Joe Rogan. So I was listening to him uh, talk to comedian David Tell, who's also hilarious, uh, the other day. And he said this. Now, before I play you the, the video, the audio, Joe Rogan, we know he doesn't believe in Jesus, God, or Christianity, really any kind of religion for, for that, as a matter of fact. Um, but he, I wouldn't say he was hostile toward it. He's, he's always opening to learning more about everything. So to me, I, I still find that there's hope. And um, 
I also don't get uh, the Joe Rogan podcast looking for spiritual advice either. He's got good views on other things like politics and the whole vaccine thing. And he, he has a lot of things to say. You, you learn a lot of things from the guests that he has come on from all for, uh, forms of life. Like he has scientists and engineers and comedians and actors. He's got all kinds of stuff in, and you, you learn watching it. But what you don't learn is really anything good about Christianity. Not, you know. So here, here's the clip that I'm going to play and then we'll talk about it. Oh, I mean, like dinosaurs. They never got super intelligent like people. True. That's the real question is like, what was the thing that made the primates become a human being? Because if you look at what happened to dinosaurs, they just stayed dinosaurs. They got effective at staying alive, and then there was no reason to improve. I mean, I don't understand natural selection. This is just me talking. I but, agree with that. But you know what I'm saying? It's like they yeah. never... We, as far as we know, they never built structures. They never developed cell phones. <laughs> like they, <laughs> as far as we know, as we haven't found we that yet. <laughs> All right, so what he's talking about saying the dinosaurs, he's like, I don't know why the dinosaurs didn't get super intelligent like people. And, and, and later in that clip of how, I wonder why it was only the primates, who get, primates that got to evolve and become human beings. That is called evolutionism. And, and just like a very basic explanation of evolutionism, evolutionism is uh, the theory of evolution is based on the idea that all species are related and gradually change over time. And, and evolution relies on there being genetic variations uh, in a population which affects the physical characteristics of an organism. So like Charles Darwin, who's famous for his belief in view of evolution, states that it happens by natural selection. And natural selection, again, in a super basic explanation, is individuals in a species show vari variations in physical characteristics, and the, the variation is because of differences in their genes. And individuals with characteristics best suited for their environment where they're living are more likely to survive, finding food, avoiding predators, and resisting disease. And so then these individuals are more likely to reproduce and pass their genes, which are stronger, onto their children, their offspring. And then individuals that are poorly adapted in that environment are less likely to survive and reproduce Therefore, their genes are less likely to be passed to the next generation. So the strong genes survive, the, the bad ones go away. So then we're evolving, right? And we're, we're changing and getting better. So that's how that works. Now, we as Christians believe what the Bible says, which is that man was created by God in his image, as we read in Genesis 1, 26 through 31. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, every creature that crawls on the earth. God also said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the earth, entire earth, and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This will be food for you, for all of the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky, for every creature that crawls on the earth, everything having a breath of life in it. I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he made, and it was very good indeed. Okay, so evolution says everything evolves from one thing to another. Only the strong survive due to natural selection, and the genes of the strong species is passed down, making things evolve. Christians say God made us 
as it said in Scripture, to rule over the earth. So when people don't believe in God and laugh at our beliefs, because, um, of course, you know, science, uh, where are all the other major evolved species? There's only one. It's man. Is that a coincidence? Now, I went through this study on creation of the world not too long ago, and one of the most important parts of that study was this. God gave us his word for us, but it wasn't written to us. He was speaking to a specific audience about what they needed to know then. We, over the years, have had time to study, dissect his word, and come up with questions regarding the intricacies of, of how he created things. But the people back then, weren't con they weren't concerned with the how or the why. They just needed to know that he was God and that he was the one they should place their faith in and worship. Now, I'm not saying the concept of evolution as a whole is false because we do evolve. I mean, we see that in many ways. If, if we compare our lives to the lives of the people in biblical times, we've obviously evolved in different ways. We have amazing technology. Uh, we have far more educated people. I mean, we have people who've gone and cruised around in space. So there's some sort of evolution there. But in terms of what Darwin suggests, that we evolve from a single cell into humans, seems crazy to me since in Scripture it lays out what is still true today. Humans are ruling the world, and that's what God intended. But atheists think that God, God's word and explanation, and explanation of how he created it sounds crazy, but should it? There, there's a video that I love called The, the Atheist's Delusion which a man confronts a bunch of atheists and asks them why they're atheists, and they give a lot of the usual answers, like how could there be... It's just the run-of-the-mill reasons. How There's no invisible man in the sky controlling everything and science and all that kind of stuff. So what he does, which is pretty cool, I love this video, he takes a book and he sets it in their lap. Um, I don't know what book it is, just a book that has a hardcover, probably... 100 pages, text, color, images, page numbers, the whole shebang, all right? So he tells them to look through it and notice all those things about the book, the pages, the colors, the, the um, text, all of that. And he asks if they thought it was possible for the pages to form out of nothing, colors form and go to the right place from nowhere, text appear on the pages, page numbers form where they're supposed to be out of thin air. Now. Obviously, they say, no, that couldn't happen. And the man, asks, so the man then asks, so would you say that there had to be an intelligent designer to make this book? And they all say, yes, of course, there had to be somebody who made this book. It didn't just come together by itself. So then he asks them if they know what DNA is. Everybody knows what DNA is. Um, and, and, in, and here's a crazy fact about DNA. It just in one person, it would... Uh, it would be around 60, if, you, if we stretched it out, uncoiled it like that, it would um, be around 60 trillion feet long or over 100 billion miles long. And each cell in that DNA contains instructions for our body, such as the color of our eyes, how tall we are, how we grow, how our personality is, how we taste things, how, how we hear um, our heartbeats. There's 
everything is involved in the DNA. It's the, it's the instruction book for life. And, and DNA isn't just specifically in humans, it's in every plant, it's in every animal. Everything is written in the book of our DNA. So then the atheists are asked, what do you think about a person who believes that this book that they were given made itself? You know, the one that they sat in their hand. What if someone said, hey, this just formed out of thin air. This was nothing, and then all of a sudden it's something. And they said, I would say they would be crazy. So then when talking about the instruction book for life, which is DNA, could that make itself something a billion trillion times more complex than a regular color library book? They all say, no, DNA couldn't have happened on accident from nothing or without an intelligent designer. Now, there's a man named Richard Dawkins, and he is an evolutionary biologist, and he's an author, and he's well-known for his criticism on creationism and intelligent design. And he believes, along with many other evolutionists, that everything was formed from nothing. Nothing created everything. Dawkins claims that the more you understand the significance of evolution, the more you are pushed towards atheism. And to me, how can anyone buy into that? Especially from people who think God is too far-fetched of an idea. Why hasn't any other species of animal evolved, made technology, built cities, made movies, anything like that? Because that's not how God created them. He only made man and woman, and he only designed one species to rule the earth. And I find that much more reasonable and believable than there was nothing and then bang, something. Then that something, that single-celled organism evolved into completely different directions, making different species of animals, plants, insects, reptiles. And then you ask, how? Why? Like, how would that be possible? Okay, so... That whole diatribe was the first clip from Joe Rogan's podcast about, you know, like the evolutionary part. But, but we aren't finished with it yet. A few minutes later, Joe says this. And that's uh, the subject of a book called um, The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross. This guy, John Marco Allegro, who was hired to decipher the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. And this was like a project that took like 14 years. And they were like looking at this, the oldest version of the Bible. And at the end of this, this guy was like an ordained minister, but he became agnostic as he's studying theology. And he found the similarities in all these different stories. And he came up with this theory and he wrote this book called The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross that the entire Christian religion was really about the consumption of psychedelic mushrooms and fertility rituals. Really? And that all these stories had to do, they were all like ways they hid these ancient ways. So if they got like raided by the Romans and like they, if you imagine if some people lived, you know, 3,000, 4,000 years ago and they found a bunch of mushrooms and they started yeah. eating them and tripping balls and have all these revelations where they're all going to come together and be together as one, be loving. And, and they wrote down all these ideas and these stories and they, first of all, passed them down orally before they even figured out how to write things for like a thousand years. True. And then they started writing them down. Like that sounds like what the story would be. Mm -hmm. And he traced back the word Jesus to an ancient Sumerian word that means a mushroom covered in God's semen. 
No way. Yes. This really? Is, see, it's hard for me to know who's right and who's wrong, right? Because if you wanted to break that down, you'd have to have this like very complex understanding of these ancient languages, and uh, there's no amazing. way I can know if he's right. All right. So this is a real head scratcher. He's now saying he believes that Christianity was formed from people taking hallucinogenics. All right. Uh, I mean, wow, but okay. Now, this isn't even the first time I've heard him kind of talk about this kind of thing, because he's really bought into the fact that hallucinogenics are, is going to be the next evolution for us, that we should all take that, and then we'll... It's a whole thing. But So let's, let's go down this road for a minute. And, and I want to point this out, because even though... I love Joe Rogan. I listen to his podcast and I respect him. He has a lot of listeners. Like, I think he gets over 100 million downloads a month. And, uh, and I feel like I need to get some truth out there. Now, I'm no fool that could he, thinks that I can even sniff a portion of the listeners that he has. I have minimal reach. I understand that. I accept it. But... I'm also not all about big numbers, and, and I'm, I'm about reaching my sphere of influence, and I find that it's important to share what I believe is the truth to debunk these comments, because people will believe a lot of stuff out there, and so if there's going to be that kind of stuff, I should feel like what I believe is the truth, all right? So um, if we take that into account, what he's talking about, say that the 12 disciples or whoever it was that decided to write the Bible and scripture or a bunch of dudes who took hallucinogenics and, and wrote the Bible documenting their, their trips, then how do you explain the following? Okay. So I, I know a lot of people think that, um, that Jesus was, was only talked about in the Bible and scripture, but there are many other historical documents that describe Jesus and his crucifixion as well as his resurrection. Um, I'm probably getting these names wrong, but Flavius Josephus was a Roman Romano-Jewish historian who referenced Jesus twice in the origins of Christianity. And these are Roman documents that I'm talking about. Um, there's a man named Tacticus who was a Roman senator and a historian that also referred to Christ and the crucifixion, crucifixion by Pontius Pilate and existence in the, and the existence of early Christians. And scholars uh, generally consider Tacitus reference to the execution of Jesus by Pontius Pilate to be both um, authentic and of historical value as an independent Roman source about early Christianity, that which is in unison with the historical records. He was a patriotic Roman senator, and his writings th throughout all of it show no sympathy towards Christians. So he wasn't some Christian that's trying to write this. He was a historian that was same as uh, Josephus. They both were just historians that were writing down what was happening at the time. And then John Dominic Crusan considers the passage important, and, and that is a Christian um, historian. Uh, he considers the passages important in establishing that Jesus existed and was crucified and states that the, he was crucified as, as sure as anything historical can ever be, since both Josephus and Tacitus agree with the Christian accounts and at least the basic fact. And then Bart D. 
Ehrman states, Tacitus's report confirms that we know from other sources that Jesus was executed by order of the Roman governor of Judea, Pontius Pilate, sometime during Tiberius's reign. Eddie and Boyd state that this is now firmly established that Tacitus, Tacitus provides a non-Christian confirmation of the crucifixion of Jesus. All right, and then lastly uh, was the Babylonian Talmud, which was the central text of the rabbinic Judaism and the primary source from Jewish religious law and Jewish theology. And this also speaks to Jesus and his crucifixion. Okay, so we get the hist historically, it's a fact that Jesus was a real person walking on the earth. But was he God? Well, all of those texts say that Jesus either performed miracles, performed surprising deeds, was a magician, or and was also a, a teacher and a king. So that sounds like Jesus, the Jesus that we know, performing miracles, doing all those things. So to me, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck, right? Then we have to think, well, if this guy, if there was a guy named Jesus, regardless if you believe he was performing miracles or not, or tricking people or whatever it is, or, or if he was God, if a bunch of people were taking hallucinogenic drugs and knew about this Jesus guy, then we could take a pretty confident step to think, well, maybe it's just the drugs making him think that Jesus was performing these miracles. They write some fun stories, get a big fake conspiracy that Jesus was the son of God and, and, and blame it on the drugs, right, Joe? Well, there's some big problems with that theory. Like I said, so first we have the historical documents that are outside of the, the Bible that were written. Um, we'd have to believe that everybody was uh, having the same hallucinogenic trip because the Bible was written by over 40 different authors over 1,500 years. Uh, and that would be a pretty long trip uh, with a large group of people who had to have the exact same psychic, psychotic trip. Oh, also in the Bible, it was written in three different languages and on three different continents. So it was, it was written in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek across different continents, which is Asia, Africa, and Europe. Um, and a lot of these uh, trips, you know, were in, like, it was written that uh, Jesus appeared between, before 500 people after his resurrection. And so we're saying all 500 of those people had the same trip. They were all taking the same drugs. They saw the same thing. It's impossible. Nobody has the same reaction. Our bodies don't react to drugs and hallucinations the same. And if this was indeed a drug hallucination, why were the disciples willing to die for a lie? I mean, if there's a group of guys who went into wherever it was to write this, they took a bunch of mushrooms, got in a room, and wrote a Bible, called it God's Word, started telling others about it, people who were not a part of it uh, would have been like, uh, nah, man, these events, these events that you wrote about, they actually didn't take place. It didn't happen, man. You know, like, because there is times, there's kings, that there's a lot of historical evidence that we know actually happened in history. But these people be like, this didn't happen, dude. You're tripping. You are, what are you, high? What kind of drugs are you on? Right? And, but instead, this scripture that had been written, this Bible, took off. It became, it, 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 
it spread. It became the top selling book of all time every year. Every year, over 100, 100 million Bibles are sold, 20 million each year just in America. And I don't think that would be possible from a bunch of people who just went, took some drugs, and, and wrote a crazy story. That doesn't work that way. So in my mind, if this was uh, a drug-induced hallucination, I can't say, I can't speak. If it was hallucination, which led to the writings of Scripture, I'm sure that there would have been a lot of people around him saying it's not true based on historical evidence. But when these same authors calling themselves disciples were persecuted, so in other words, like when you're persecuted, you're, you're pretty much killed. Why would they stand firm in their lies? If you don't know what happened, they died horrible death, deaths, crucifixion, burned in oil, boiled in oil, I mean cut in half, real nasty stuff. And we know human nature would not endure such pain and death for something that wasn't real. Now again, I bring this all up not to, to bash Joe Rogan, uh, but as he reaches a lot of people and they hear what he thinks, believes, talks about, I thought it's at least my duty to say what I believe and hopefully maybe one person will hear this and at least do some investigation before believing the super popular podcaster comedian blindly, you know? And again, like I, I know my reach is small, but that's not, doesn't make it not important because I'm sure that there's a lot of people who don't believe in God who listen to me because they know me or they've, you know, they're on my, my friends list or I don't know but maybe this can spark some interest for them to just investigate a little bit more. We could go in for hours and hours and hours, all the evidence that points to creationism and points to um, scripture being the word of God. We could do a hundred podcasts on it, but this is just a little taste that I wanted to share with you today. So hopefully uh, you can think about that. And it can help you even if you're going to tell people the good news of Jesus, what, what to say if they have some questions and they bring up evolution or, or the, psychi um, the hallucinogenics weird theory that I just heard out. That was a new one to me. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, and apparently when Joe Rogan was talking how he met the guy in, at the Vatican, that they both bonded over this idea that uh, it was hallucinogenics that was... So it's just... It's weird how people think like that and um, who don't. And, and it's funny, all these atheists know that are, they have a lot of opinions and they say a lot of things about the Bible that they've actually never studied the Bible or really looked into it to know if it's real or not. So that's kind of what I have today. Hope you have a great week and I'll see you next time.